Tanya <coughs> for the 14th of Kislev, her first story. There was a man of very weak character and he wasn't a, a Torah scholar of any means. And he once was in Premishlan by Mayor Premishlan and he was chatting, he was having a conversation and people were standing around listening and he was listing his ancestry from both sides. He came from this person and that person and he was going on a long list of all the different people who, who he was descend, uh, descended from. And while he was going off, you know, explaining his ancestry, Remeir Premishlan walked past. Remeir Premishlan heard it. Remeir Premishlan told him, let me tell you a story. There was once a wealthy nobleman, a very um, influential man who owned a horse and the horse was very good to him. And for many years, this horse brought him and his family in the coach to all these different destinations, all these important places. And Years went by, and at some point, the, the horse got old, and it couldn't, it couldn't do what it was able to do until then, and the, he couldn't carry the wagon anymore, and the nobleman he felt bad. The horse had been so good to him for some years, he, couldn't, he didn't have the heart to kill it. So he said, you know what, I'll just let it roam free, and you know, animals happen to attack it, then that's, you know, it is what it is. But he, he felt bad to just let the animal out like this. He had an idea. He took the, he took the animal, and he found um, lion fur, and um, bear fur and wolf fur, and he tied it around the horse. And he's like, you know what? Animals will try to attack it. They'll scent, they'll smell the the fur, and they'll run away. And hopefully, the the horse will be you know fare better than just getting attacked within moments. And so he sent it off. Meanwhile, the animals heard this incredible news. There's this there's this a new animal that's joined the forest, part lion, part bear, and part fox, and part wolf. And they couldn't work out how is there such a thing that this animal is able to, to be this. So the, the lion calls a meeting and calls this new animal and says, who are you? So the, whole, the, whole, the animal says, oh, you don't know who I am. I'm the, I'm the animal that belongs to this very important nobleman. He says, no, that's not what I mean. I mean, who are you? What are you? He says, I serve this master so faithful, faithfully and I was such a great horse. I was such a great animal to this person. And the lion was still angry. He said, you still haven't explained. So I went to, I've been to king's palaces. I've been to princess palaces. And the lion said, but who are you? And the horse said, I'm a horse. And Hermes, Hermes turned to the man that was boasting about his ancestry. And hopefully the man understood the example of what he was saying. Today's Tanya is talking about something similar. Well, we're talking about an idea that it's true, but it doesn't capture the essence of what it really is. And this is this very wondrous story of David HaMalach, who describes Torah as being a song, of being a melody. And here's the thing, Torah is a melody. It has, it has dimension about it. It has elements and aspects about the Torah that is truly a melody. David HaMalach was true in his assessment when he said that Torah is a melody. The question, of course, is why was he punished? He was punished as a result of that, as we're going to discuss in tomorrow's Tanya. Him describing Torah as a melody was, a, was, was inappropriate for David Amalek, and he was, he was punished. And the question is, well, it's true. And that's, that's what we're going to discuss today. How is it true that Torah is a melody? Let's begin. David's a David Amalek, you're calling Torah songs? This is a question on David Amalek. The subsequent punishment that then came to David Amalek as a result of him starting to carry out songs. 
The question is, why is this a praise that we're describing Torah as a song? When something's permissible, something's forbidden, suddenly that's called a melody. What, what is actually going on? Why is Torah described as a song? This is based on an idea. How great is the act the works of Hashem? Your thoughts are very deep. So the wondrousness of Hashem is connected to Hashem's thoughts. And here, this is where it gets into. This is the reason why Torah is a melody. The When we do a mitzvah down here, we create an incredible storm in the heavens. We put a coin in Sadaka, we're like, well, big deal. It's just, you know, it's a dollar in the in the Sadaka How much? Of, a quarter in the Sadaka You know, it's, it's, it's rather insignificant. We just do it and keep moving throughout the day. We don't realize when we put that, drop that quarter, that dime, the nickel, the, the literally a one cent coin into the Tzedakah Pushka, we create incredible explosions on the higher worlds. David HaMelech said, well, that's very much like a music. The way I understand it is like when a person plays a, a song, the song is able to capture an, an emotion. A person could listen to a, to a song and that song could put them in, a, in an incredible joyous mood, an incredible uh, reflective mood. But that's so long as the song is fully captured. A person does a note wrong, there has a sustained chord, a, 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 a note that's wrong, misplaced, a chord that's misplaced, the entire effect of the entire song is, is done. So the song in its completion could create an incredible whirlwind of emotions in the person but misplaced or in one mistake and that doesn't that that effect isn't caused anymore so when a person for example brings a carbon incredible things happen in the higher world he Let's say, for example, he, he slaughters the carbon and, and, and holds the cup to receive it in the wrong hand. The entire effect, what would have happened in the world, doesn't happen anymore. He, if he does the, the, the sacrifice in any um, inappropriate way, the whole thing is cancelled and nothing happens in the higher world. So either you have the most incredible explosion of spirituality in the higher world, and the entire world descends as this person does this commandment and connects to God, or one details off and nothing happens. It's David Amalek was amazed by this because that's the reality. That is really what happens. The Chaimit Trilin another example of Altar says, What about Trilin? When a person puts Trilin on, they connect the the wisdom of God to the, the masculine and the feminine. Um, um, energy of the highest world of Atzils is connected to the source of God. That's, that's a wild thing. A person puts on stone, and suddenly in the world of Atzils, incredible masculine feminine ex- connections and, 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 and explosions are happening. It, it's wild. But one detail of the Twilin is off, and in that moment, one detail is off, and in that moment, nothing happens. And it's, it's, it's such a wild idea. So if a person thinks about this, realizes with when he does a mitzvah, learns Torah, 
he's able to create such an incredible elevation, such a wild um, over, overflow of, of godly energy, and one thing missing and the entire thing doesn't happen. When a person realizes that godly energy, Hashem's, um, uh, Hashem is so much beyond this world, and everything is dependent on Hashem's thought, this world and everything, and it um, travels through the Torah, enabling this world to be the way it is. And when we do a mitzvah, of course, it elevates the entire world and brings all of it up higher, all if the Torah is done in the correct way. So a man's hair coming from coming from the brain, the energy comes from the brain itself. The same way that this, this world gets its energy from from God. so much tragedy and harm. He dealt with so much hardship in his life. And Dominic Melch consoled himself and said, you know, the truth man is as difficult as this world is. When I learn Torah, I'm able to, I'm able to connect with this son of God. I'm able to, 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 to embrace this incredible idea that godliness is everything in this world, filling the world and sustaining the world. And me doing mitzvahs and me learning Torah is able to elevate myself, the Torah, the world, and all of it to God and create incredible explosions on the higher world. Dominic Melch was so excited by this idea that Torah captures when when we involve ourselves in Torah, when we involve ourselves, involve ourselves in mitzvahs. Now, the question, of course, that we're going to have to answer tomorrow is, if that's the case, and what Dominic Melch is describing, Torah being a song, is true, then why was he punished? Number part one. And part number two is, why was in a fitting punishment. The punishment of Amalek God seemed to be a perfect lineup with what he did wrong. What did he do wrong? And secondly, why was that a perfect, why was that a fitting punishment for David Amalek? Thank you so much for joining the Tanya Tanya Zoom. Wonderful, very successful day. Thank you so much for joining.